born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. When God saved me, I once was blind, but now I see. Now I can walk with the Lord and talk to the Lord and hear from God. He's done all these things for me. Now, if he can do this for them physically and they can praise God and jump and shout and hoop and holler, what about God's people? Has God saved you? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Tell people about it. You see, this is what is so neat about some of these young kids. Learning some of the most important lessons of their life. You know, this soul winning is more important than being the president of the bank, making millions of dollars, being the president of the United States. It's better to be a soul winner because you can have something that makes people rich. Having nothing but such as I have give I thee. And they have something that they can go anywhere, talk to anybody, and there's a wealth of knowledge that they have called the gospel of Jesus Christ, the most powerful thing in all the world. But when all this happened, there was a, a problem. And in this problem, I have to watch this clock because I'm not sure that clock back here is going to be accurate for me. I hope that it will. It wasn't working earlier. It was already 1 o'clock when I started. So here in the book of Acts in chapter 3, I want you to look there in verse 12. When Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though we by our own power or holiness that we have made this man to walk? It's not by their power and it wasn't by their holiness that they were able to do that. But it's because it was done in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, there's power in that name. He that believeth in the name of Jesus Christ, Jehovah Yasha, the God who can save and keep and defend and protect for all eternity. He that believeth in his name, the one that came into the world, that died on the cross, that paid for sins, that came back from the dead. If you'll believe in him, there's power in his name to do for you that nobody else can do for you. But he says here in verse 13, The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murder to be granted unto you. Now this is Peter talking to the people here the day of Pentecost. This is a little bit later. 
And so this happened. And he says, and you killed the prince of life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are all witnesses. And his name, get this, through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. The man became an opportunity to preach the gospel. And God says that it was used to confirm the word so that they would believe the gospel. See, you could watch miracles all day long and still die and go to hell. Uh, you could have God come down here right now and have me dance all over the platform, all over this place over here. Float through the air. So like a, it will not save one soul. It might get your attention, though. It might get mine, too. But the power is going to come when you hear the story. The gospel story is the most powerful thing in the world. God uses the message. You and I are just messengers. But there's a power in that story. And when people hear that story, see, you think that it depends upon your talent and your ability. No, God is not limited to you. All you've got to do is just tell the story, and God will do the rest. It will work God's way. But as he goes down to he he tells them something. And I want you to see this. Uh, look there in chapter 4 and verse 8. Chapter 4 and verse 8. There's another situation brewing here. But there's a lot of people that have now heard and understood and they believed. So in chapter 4, just look there very quickly in verse 4. Howbeit many of them which heard the word did what? Believe. You see, they can see a miracle. But it won't save. You have to hear the word. You have to hear the story. And that's why there's no power in a man being able to walk on water and perform miracles. And you might wonder, say, whoa, that, whoo. And you'll marvel over the individual. But the power to save a soul is in the story, the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That message that we say we know and love. If it wasn't for the gospel, see, none of you would know Christ as your Savior. That's the only way that you can come to know Christ. See, the good news of the gospel is that eternal life, going to heaven, it is a gift. It is free. And all that you and I have to do is believe that when Christ died, He paid for our sins. I was with a guy yesterday, and I asked him, I says, Sir, I says, um, where are you going to go when you die? He says, well, and I'll just tell you what he told me now. So this is not to be offensive to anybody. I says, uh, where are you going to go when you die? He says, I'm Catholic. I says, that's, that's fine. I just wondered where you were going to go when you die. Because there's only two kinds of Catholics. And there's only two kinds of Baptists or Pentecostals or Methodists or Presbyterians. There's only two kinds. The kind that's going to heaven, the kind that ain't. Now, which kind are you? And I said, sir, let me ask you this. I said, isn't it true that you've heard almost all your life that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for all the sins of the world? He said, yeah, I've heard that. I says, then, if he died and paid for all of my sins, why should I have to go to hell and pay for one sin if he paid for all of them? 
And he looked at me and kind of blank stare. So I see what you're saying. I said, if he paid for all of them, then there's none left for me to pay for. I don't have to go to hell and pay for one sin because he paid for all of them. I said, I don't deserve that. I cannot earn my way to heaven. I am a sinner. But when Christ died for me, he paid for all of my sins. That means now I don't have to pay for any of those sins. I don't have to go to hell and pay for any sin. That's why it's called grace. That's why there's mercy. That's why it talks about forgiveness. That is what really shows you how much God really loves me. He loves me that much that regardless of my type of sin or how many times I've sinned, His grace is sufficient. Abounding grace. As the song was, amazing grace. Isn't God's grace amazing? Simply amazing. It's a wonderful thing. But it was because of how many people, see, came to know the Lord. See there in verse 4? How many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Now, it's not men, I mean women and the children. There's the men. Now, that was 3,000 just right before this. It's really growing, isn't it? You say you can't have Teenagers go out there, and, and they had 77 trust the Lord. I guess you don't believe there were 3,000 on the day of Pentecost either. And you probably don't believe that there were 5,000 here. This has to be a misprint, right? I mean, one man can't get up there and preach and have that many people trust the Lord. That's what it says in the book. I believe the book. I believe it. And yes, I believe that kids can go out and talk to people and have people trust Christ as Savior. Done a little bit of that myself. Now look what he says in verse 8. Look in verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole. In other words, this thing ain't dead yet. This thing ain't over yet. Already then got 5,000 from that one man, and now he's talking to him again. You know what these religious leaders said? They said, don't you do that no more. Don't you preach in this name anymore. Don't you go witnessing. Don't you do this soul-winning stuff. But he says, if we this day are being examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he's made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they said, don't preach in his name. He said, this man is healed because of the name of Jesus Christ. And then he says, there is no other name whereby we must be saved. That's why in verse 12, it's such an awesome verse, because it just smacks right into the face of all these so-called leaders. And the Lord says, if you were so smart, if you were so wise, then why did you crucify the Lord of glory? So he makes a statement in verse 10. Be it known unto you, therefore, to all the men 
people of Israel, and by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, does this man stand here before you whole. So he's got him a, a living example of the power of God. A man. Now, do you know this is why I like being able to have different ones come up here and say, and did last week with a couple of the older ones. They are examples of somebody who's taken God seriously. People who go soul winning are taking it seriously. You say, well, I know that, but when's the last time you passed out of track? When's the last time you talked to somebody about the Lord? Some people will take it seriously, but understand, those that do it will become a rebuke to everyone that doesn't do it. And after a while, you'll either start doing it, or you probably won't stay here. Because you'll find a reason to leave, because you can't take the pressure. But it is pressure. It sometimes forces and motivates us. If a little 15-year-old girl can do that, then blessed be God, why can't I do it? If a 17-year-old girl, and then she, I mean, she don't look like homemade sin. I mean, she could probably get into the boys all around here. Listen, but she loves the Lord more. She loves the gospel more. She wants to go to Bible school and be a missionary. And God forbid it, anybody would ever want to try to diminish that zeal in their lives. Because this is what it's all about. This is the Bible. This is Christianity. This is the purpose of what's going on. And God using individuals that you wouldn't think, God can't use this person. God can't use that person. I am of the opinion God can use anybody. God just looking for dedicated nobodies. And so he made the statement here in this verse 11. This is the stone which was set at not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. And get verse 12. Neither is there salvation. And any other. For there is none other name. So when they say, don't preach in his name, it's the same as saying, hey, don't you kids go to Bible school? Don't you kids go soul winning? Don't y'all go on Friday night? Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't witness. There is no other name. So it means there is no other way to get saved. There's no other way to get people out of hell except by the power of the gospel. And the gospel is about Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is God. It kind of like all goes together. That's what is the real purpose of life. This is what, and some of you know it's to be true. Hank Lindstrom got hung up on this somewhere. And it seemed like all he wanted to talk about was getting people saved. Can you believe that? For 42 years. Man, if you're going to get stuck, it's a good place to get stuck. 
Well, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And get what he says in verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, the boldness. Why? Here's two individuals that before were in a locked room, scared for their lives. And now these two men are bold enough to face up there in verse 5, and it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes, they were able to face them all, these ignorant fishermen. They didn't have any degrees after their name. They probably never went to an accredited school. But Peter, James, and John were loaded for bar. And they were able to shake the known world at this time, these few little handful of fishermen. Isn't it awesome? Look what it says in verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned, uneducated, and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them. And then you ought to underline this part of the verse. That they had been with Jesus. That's where their boldness came from. You see, when you start spending time with God, you will get confidence and you will get boldness. The Bible talks about perfect love casts out fear. And some people allow fear to run their whole lives. And then... They can't stand it when somebody else is doing what they know they're supposed to be doing because it's a rebuke to them. So they got to somehow got to pull them back down just a little bit. Ho, 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 ho. Now you're getting too excited. Don't get so excited. I mean, we just, let's just play this church thing, but just don't get serious about it. Oh, yeah, people are going to hell. I know that. But you, you don't have to do It's not your job to do everything else. You, it, let somebody else do it. Did you know, and won't it be a shame if one day when we stand before the Lord and God reveals to us the things that we said and what we did that diminished the love and the desire, the power to want to do something, to make a mark, to make a difference, and you threw cold water on it to try to diminish it in some way? Man, I want to try to do everything I can to try to fire individuals up to do what God wants them to do. I don't want anybody to do what I want. I want everybody to do what God wants them to do. There's a God, and I'm not God. I am not the Holy Spirit. I'm just an individual that got charged up 1964 when I decided to go to Bible college. And a lot of that had to do because I was impressed with a guy named um, Hank Lindstrom. So anyway, as we go through this uh, and you look at it, uh, look what he says in verse 17. Verse 17. But that it spread no further. Why do they want to put a dampener on them? They don't want it to spread. All right. What does God want it to do? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and uttermost parts of the earth. So God wants it spread. So if he wants it spread, then people have got to spread. They got to go. But they said just the opposite. So he says here in verse 17, that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them and that they speak henceforth. Now, no man in this name. What were they doing? This was not in church. This is more like street preaching. 
When you read all the illustrations mentioned throughout, a lot of it has to do with outside the church, outside of a building. Now, look what he says here. It says in the last part of verse 17, and that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. In verse 18, and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Well, you know, if that's the leadership and the government tells us whatever the government tells us to do, that's what we're supposed to do, right? No. Bible doesn't teach that. They were told by government not to do it. But what did they say? Verse 19, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to listen to you more than unto God, judge ye. In verse 20, you ought to underline it. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. When they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. So God used a man that had been crippled for 40 years in order to get the gospel and over 5,000 get saved. You have no idea where God may put you or allow you to be or some circumstances. You see, God may allow one person to be blind, another one to be crippled. He may allow you to have financial difficulties or health problems because he says, I I need somebody in the hospital to witness to the doctors and the nurses there. I need somebody that can talk to this person that's in this um, uh, unit that's going to come and pick you up because of uh, an emergency or something. You see, God has all kinds of ways in which he works. But don't think for a moment that God's gone to sleep and doesn't want to use you. God wants to use every individual because every individual is important to God. God loves you. And he wants to spread us out in different ways. And that's why, oh, I think sometimes, wouldn't it be neat if I could just keep all the people here? But it don't work that way. Some of these kids will go to Bible college, and then some of them might even get married or something like that and be a missionary or start a church, and, and then they'll have thousands of people. And Who am I to get in the way of whatever God wants to do in people's lives if that's what God wants? Let God guide his people through his word. Let God use you to influence other people. That's what God wants. And God will bless you for doing so. Look up here. I know this is something y'all have seen before, but you can see it one more time. It was amazing the person that wrote this email when I heard you do the thing with the wallet deal. Oh, well. And uh, see, the church we had in Colorado, even though it was, it was a pretty good-sized ministry, we averaged 685 on Sundays. And, uh, and then we had... Three, four hundred in you know, Christian school and, well, the, the workers and all. And in ranch, we were averaging about 450. And, and these are separate ministries. And uh, there's no way I can remember everybody. I haven't even figured out who all of y'all are yet. Please be patient with me. I just figured out who the deacons were last week. But, it's, you know, it just takes time. I'm, I'm slow. I, I'm slow. And the older I get, the worse it's getting. But I have remembered something. This, this seems to be the only thing I remember. Let this hand represent you and me. And the wallet represent all of our sins. God says that he loves us. 
Now, he hates our sin, but he loves us. And I'm so glad of that. God loves me. But he doesn't like what I do wrong. Doesn't like what you do wrong. And to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in a place called hell. I want people to know there's a place called hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And God says nobody's perfect, nobody's righteous. Because of sin, see, we can't get in. So God says you cannot earn eternal life. You can't work your way to heaven. It's not by your good deeds. You see, you don't have to join a church to go to heaven. You don't have to give money to go to heaven unless you gave it here. No, that's not true. You don't have to give money to go to heaven. Uh, there's nothing you can do by your good deeds that will get you into heaven. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. But because he loved us and hates our sin, he took it, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and said that if you and I, if we would believe it, he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. Now that's the best news in all the world. If I offered you my wallet and you accept, you'd have an empty wallet. If I offered you my watch and you accept it, you'd know what time it is. If Christ walked in here right now and offered you eternal life and you accept it, you would have eternal life. And if it's eternal life, it would last forever. And if it lasts forever and all your sins are paid, where would you go when you die? To heaven. So can you know you're going to heaven before you die? Yeah, boy, that's the best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. If you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, friend, I can't think of a better time than right now. You don't have a guarantee that tomorrow will ever come. But why not right now? In the quietness of this moment, just between you and the Lord, just talk to the Lord and say something like this, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I've done things wrong, but I know you love me. And you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die to pay for all my sins. And I believe he did it for me. And I'm going to trust him right now to take me to heaven whenever I die. And friend, God said, if you would believe that he did it for you, he'd put that payment to your account, and you get to go to heaven on what Christ did for you. Would you believe that? If you're making that decision, I'd like to have prayer for you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything like that. I don't want anything from you. I just want you to receive the free gift of eternal life. And I like to know it because I like to have prayer for you. And I do it with heads bowed so that you're not put on the spot. Is there anyone at all this morning say, yes, preacher, that made sense to me. I want to be certain of going to heaven when I die. And I'd like you to pray for me in closing. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? If you've never done it before, but you'll do it right now. Just slip it up real quick. Anyone at all? Yes, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? You can slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down. There's no gimmicks to this, no tricks to it. I won't probably know your name. I just want to know that what I said made sense to you. Anyone else before we close? Our Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. We're thankful for the free gift of eternal life. We're thankful, Lord, for all that these kids are doing and for Peter and Tracy and others that are taking them and spending time with them and helping them to learn the things that are very important. And Father, give them a lot of fruit for their labor. We thank you for them. 
We ask your blessings upon the individual indicated by an uplifted hand that they will trust you as Savior. By doing so, they become your child, and you'll never cast them out and never lose them. And that, Father, because of all that you've done for us, we're to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Lord, we want to be used so that others can hear the gospel. Thank you so much for this ministry and all that it stands for and its rich heritage. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.